0: Coming to you from North Central Ohio, we share with you the Voice of the Nazarene, a week-by-week venture into the Word of God sponsored by the Bucyrus, Ohio Church of the Nazarene. We join our pastor, Reverend Ray LaSalle, and the Voice of the Nazarene. Praise the Lord. Good morning, Bucyrus Nazarene. It's good to see you today. my privilege to be with you on this Sunday morning. Pastor Ray is doing what Pastor Ray does. He is shepherding. What a heart a dear brother has. He's at the West Campus today, and he's helping them to settle and deal with all this transition that they're wrestling with there. And I know you're praying for him and for the West Campus in Upper Sandusky, and for new pastoral assignment and all of that, for Pastor Eric and Kelly as they move to St. Mary's and all that that means for the congregation up there. I thank God for Pastor Ray and for his heart for the kingdom. There's a lot of burden and concern that he carries, that's just simply the result of God at work in his own heart, helping him to have a heart for various places, including here in Bucyrus, where he loves and engages and connects all over this area. We thank God for him. It's my privilege to greet you from Finley First Nazarene, where Pastor Mike McClurg has been serving now. For over 20 years and doing wonderful work as a pastor. He and his wife, Vicki, have just been through some heartache in their family. And that Vicki's mother passed away very suddenly. And they've been dealing with all of the heartache and sorrow of that. But at the same time, celebrating the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. The church there in Finley is experiencing some wonderful time of celebration And growth and outreach, and we thank God for it and for you and your life and ministry here. This morning, I ask you a direct question to begin this message. Are you ready? Have you heard any lies lately? Cross your mind about recent days, perhaps. Without question, everyone in here has heard lies at one time or another. I pray today that God would make the truth of His Word and His provision for us real in this setting. God does not lie. But the world around us is characterized by lying. The scripture describes Satan as the father of lies. And Jesus prayed for his disciples. We have a record of that prayer in the 17th chapter of John's gospel. And in that prayer, Jesus prays for his disciples, including us. That we would not be taken out of the world, but rather we would be kept from the evil one that is in the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. That's Jesus' prayer for you and for me. Have every confidence that it's the will of God for us and that there is a way to be in this world and not be of this world. That's the prayer of Jesus for you and for me. Our world, the world of Jesus' day, is characterized by people who were bound to things that they really believed were true, but they were not. The world, best defined by William Barclay, the phrase, the world, means human society seeking to organize itself and function Without God. And when Jesus prayed for you and for me to not be of the world, he was praying that you and I would be people who would seek to organize our life and function with an awareness of God and who he is and what he seeks to do in our life, unlike the world around us to be people of truth and reality in a world that is based on falsehood and superstition. Throughout the ages, the culture of the time has communicated information around which humanity has organized its life. In the ancient primitive culture, oftentimes built around superstitions based on mysteries that they did not understand, resulting in lies around which entire populations organized their life. Such is a case that we find in John's Gospel, the fifth chapter, where there's a wonderful miracle performed by Jesus Christ who stepped into one of those settings around which needy people had surrendered the focus of their everyday life. Their needs were great and their world was small. But they spent their days staying close by a pool that they believed had healing powers. Apparently, the pool of Bethesda had beneath it an artesian well or an underground stream that from time to time was disturbed or invigorated by unseen forces. And it would cause the surface of the water to be agitated. And the superstition then followed that the water was agitated because an angel, invisible, but nonetheless an angel was stirring the surface of the water. And if you were happened to be needy and you could get into the water be the first one in after the angel disturbed the water, then you had a chance to be healed. Needy people, sick and blind and disabled, made great effort to find help and a place that offered empty promises because the culture around them had believed, communicated, promoted, even prescribed but it was nothing but empty promises. Perhaps the invitation sounded like this. You need a miracle? You got a problem? You can't see or you can't walk or you're facing a, an illness that is terminal? Then get to the pool. Travel across country. Go over there. Find someone who can help you, even pay somebody, beg, borrow, steal, do whatever you have to, to get the help you need to get to that place. Because when the invisible angel stirs the water, you just might have a chance to be healed. Hear John's words, John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to be well? Sir, he replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, Someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Now the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So here we have a wonderful record of Jesus who described himself as the way, the truth, and the life stepping into a setting that was dominated by people who had surrounded themselves by a lie that the culture had insisted was true. Here they were gathered by this pool of water waiting for this mysterious stirring to take place convinced that if they could just get there into the water and be the first then they might just be healed. In this setting Jesus confronted and dismantled Three lies in a very brief period of time. The first lie is implied in his question to this man. A man who had been an invalid for 38 years. Seated or lying close to this pool. Hoping to get in. And Jesus asked him this question. Do you want to be well. In asking that question, Jesus cut through the mantra of the day, the circumstances in which the people there lived and thought, this is my fate. I don't have any choice but to be disabled. There's no hope for me unless something miraculous rooted in this superstition unless something profound happens to me, I'm destined to be the way I am. I don't have any role in this. There's nothing I can do, no decision I have to make. That was the idea. That was the mantra. And it is so often the case in the world in which we live. But by asking this simple question, Jesus acknowledged something. If you want to be whole if you want to be well there is a way for you to be so what do you want now wrapped up in this is the truth that it's easier in some ways to be disabled it's easier because if you're well and strong and healthy You have responsibilities. You have a job to do, a home to take care of. You have responsibilities that deal with your own children or your grandchildren and your extended family and your friends. To be well and healthy and whole is to embrace responsibility. Perhaps this man being an invalid for 38 years had lived in such a way that he really didn't have a care in the world except to somehow try to get in that water and be the first one there and get well. So he didn't have the pain and could be mobile for the first time in 38 years. But when Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? He was saying to him, do you want to leave this behind you? Are you willing to walk away from the way you have been? Do you want... To be well. It's a penetrating question. But it cut through the lie. That so many are victimized by. And that is the lie. That where I am right now. I have no choice in. I can't get away from this. There's no way out. This is the way things have to be. This is my fate. His question. Jesus question. Do you want to be well? There's a wonderful, insightful understanding. If you want, there's a better life for you. The second lie that Jesus dismantled in this, set, this setting and this brief encounter and conversation is the lie that religious rules are more important than people. You heard the reading just a moment ago of how after he had healed this man and commanded him to take his mat and walk. This man, now confronted by the religious experts of his day, is told, whoa, now wait just a minute. This is the Sabbath. You're not allowed to carry your mat on the Sabbath. And the man said, all I can tell you is the man who made me whole told me to do what I'm doing. And he went on carrying his mat and walking. By by cutting through all of that, Jesus knew full well that it was the Sabbath, knew full well that it was unlawful, according to the traditionalist, for the man to carry his mat on the Sabbath day. But Jesus knew the truth. Jesus knew that man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Jesus knew that the Ten Commandments were made for man. Man was not made to serve the Ten Commandments, but rather to benefit from the obedience to those things. Jesus knew what it means to put mankind ahead of religious rules and societal norms. Now you may say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm not bound to that kind of legalism. I've never been impacted by that kind of stuff. Maybe that's true for you, but it's not true for everybody. But I want to tell you also... That our society has its own set of rules that it'll impose on your life and stop you from doing what God wants you to do. There's a world full of people who could use a good, solid Christian friend. Someone with a broken past who needs a mentor. And the world around us would say, don't you be seen with that person. Don't you dare take them out for a cup of coffee. Don't you sit across the table from them in a, in a restaurant where people will see you. They know that they were in prison, or they know what they're guilty of. Don't you dare spend time with them. That's not what Jesus says. It was him who said, I I came into this world to seek out people who are lost. I've come to this world not for the righteous, but for the sinful. Criticized often for spending time with people like Matthew and Zacchaeus. Jesus cut through all of that by simple command on Sabbath, pick up your mat, go for a walk. You have now been made whole because I have power to do that very thing. The third lie that Jesus cut through speaks volumes to you and to me today. And here's the lie. Help and hope are somewhere over there or over there. And I have to somehow get from where I am to over there or over there. I can't get there on my own, and so I have to find somebody, some mere human being who will get me from where I am to where Hope is. That's the culture of that day. It may be the culture of your world. But hear me today. The message here, the truth that Jesus communicated into this lie. Hope and help have come to you. They're not over there or over there. Help has come. To where you are. Hope standing right here. Help is standing right here talking to you. Hope and help are present right now where you are. That great truth that cut through all the lies of this setting. Screams at you and me today. That there's a way for us. To experience the kind of wholeness and grace and strength in our life that only God can give, but he gives freely right where we are. He has come into this world. He is present in this place, in your life, in your world, in your workaday world. He is present to speak to you and to draw you to himself And right now in this place, he would say to you, do you want to be well? If you want to be well, I have grace to make you well. I have grace to put you on the road to wholeness. I am present right now to change this entire thing in your world. Here's his word For you and me today. The the disabled man. Said I have no one. To help me. Jesus standing right there. It is as though he would say to him and to you and to me. I will move the last grain of sand on the face of the earth if I have to, to help you. More specifically, I will go to the cross for you. I will allow myself to be raised in a tortured death for you. I will allow myself. To be taken down off of that cross and put in a borrowed tomb. I will allow myself to suffer the humiliation for all of that to help you. I will move heaven and earth to help you. I will experience the resurrection power of my heavenly father to help you. And the same power that raised him to life is at work in your world today. Right now, this savior perhaps is cutting through a bunch of lies that you've been living with. Maybe it's been insinuated into your world by others around you and they've insisted that you can't get over that, you can't get through this, you can't get away from that, you can't be cured and healed from the addictions that you've wrestled with. Maybe over and over again, you've heard that defeated word. The Savior steps into this setting and says, if you want to be well, I can help you get well. I can make a difference in your life that nobody else can make. The answer from this disabled man was a simple step of obedience. Instantly he was healed the scripture says and he got up and he took up his mat and walked just like he had been commanded to do For you and for me the simple truth is a step of obedience What is it that God would say to you Walk away from that stuff that you've been toying with walk away from the bar that you that's been Calling to you. Walk away from that relationship that you know is not right for you. Walk away from that. Hear me today. If you want to be well, hear his voice that says to you, take this simple step of obedience. The first is to trust him. Lean on him. Know that he loves you and that he has provided what you need in your life. In this setting. You need truth. I need truth. I don't need any more of the world's lies. That come at us all the time. He is present. The one who is. The truth. Stepped into your world and in mine. To make us whole. And give us strength to walk a new way. I want you to stand with me today. Bow your heads with me, would you please? In a moment we'll share in a closing song. Bow in worship. In an open heart, I pray. Our Father... The world in which we live has so very little to offer us a way of wholeness and healing. But there is no limit to what you can do to help us to walk away from the things that we need to walk away from. And so we're leaning on you and trusting you for it today. In this congregation, in this setting, I pray for your help. I believe you to take these words that have been shared today, speak them deeply into our hearts this morning. We would not believe the lies of the world around us, but embrace the truth of your grace. In Jesus' name. Let's worship together. Thanks for being a part of the Voice of the Nazarene. Visit us every Sunday at 9 a.m. with BNC's pastor, Ray LaSalle. For more information regarding BNC, visit usirisnazarene.org.